Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, how are you, man? I am doing great. I almost just set my house on fire, and I got to get a new air conditioner. So I am just living the dream. Wait, you don't have air conditioning right now? No, no, I have air conditioning. Okay, I was like, I was getting ready to cancel my trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah no i have air conditioning the guy fixed it it was like yeah this might last a couple days this might last a year you need a new air conditioner so i need a new air conditioner i'm going to get a new air conditioner i just don't have it in my house yet but my house is cool or cool yeah cool is i guess the appropriate word and things are going well so i'm just gonna leave it at that before i, I jinx anything well, I had a heat and air guy out a couple of years ago who told me the same thing, that it would only last maybe one more season, and that was two years ago. So, I mean, you know, you just run it till the wheels fall well, off. Yeah, but I don't want the wheels to fall off when it's 103 or negative four. So either one of those situations is when it would stop for me, and I don't want it to. So I'm going to get it fixed appropriately. I just haven't yet. But I just found out. So it's not like I've been waiting. It just happened. So... But I'm also super excited for tonight, Ben, because we have two amazing guests on tonight, if you want to introduce them. Yeah, so we have Lydia and Heather, and their Facebook page is Back to the Facts. Their podcast is Back to the Vax. And do you ladies want to say hi? Hi. Hey, guys. Our Facebook having a different name is because Facebook thinks it's helping when it doesn't let you use the word vax. So that's why that's <laughs> different than our Gotta love yeah. the algorithms. It's like, yeah. They are it's, failing us. Yeah, with their algorithms. it's insane. <laughs> so everybody else's air conditioning working okay? Are we all good? I <laughs> live in Canada. We're all good. <laughs> only really rich people have air conditioning here because it's you only need it two days a year. <laughs> Just open the doors the rest of the time, right? In Texas, we would die. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wow, Texas and Canada, yeah. About as different a pair as I could possibly imagine, A. So, no, I have a family member that lives in the Pacific Northwest, and he already told me about that. He's like, two years ago, I guess it got into the high 70s, low 80s, and they were freaking out. They're like, oh, what are people going to do in this heat wave? And for like 24 hours, it was like 81, and people were losing their minds. So I was like, oh. wow. Must be terrible. Yeah. I say 81. Isn't that like mid fall for Texas? I'm not sure. That's beautiful weather for Texas. Wonderful camping weather. It was about 81 here today and it was like really hot. I was like, oh my God, it's so hot out. <laughs> it's also minus 40 here sometimes. So that's true. Touche. Yeah. Take, yeah. Take that. 
I used to live in Kansas or uh, around Bend, so I know it gets really hot down there. But today was like 84, and I was like, ugh, I just, it was just hot enough. I was like, oh, I don't like it. And it had been rainy, so maybe that's why. Just like that muggy, sticky, I don't like this feeling. But other than that, everything's going just great. So, hmm. I am super excited to do tonight's episode, though. I've been looking forward to it for a while. I just didn't plan on setting my house on fire just previous, like literally minutes before we started it. So, I mean, if that's how you celebrate, go for it. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> ladies, I'm just saying it was a big celebration in honor of you, too. Thanks. So <laughs> Thank that's you. how that's how excited I was. I appreciate that. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Canada. What's your favorite hockey team? Oh, you're going to be disappointed. I don't like sports. <laughs> I worked at a sports bar for like three years. <laughs> and I'd always be like, go sports. Go sports. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that as a draw as long as you didn't say the Canadians. As long as you were yeah, in Montreal, no, fan, no, I was going to be okay. I mean, but. I kind of, it, it was fun when the Oilers were doing well. I don't know. What is that? 13 years ago now, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really into sports. We're more like video <laughs> what game was that guy's nerds name? in our Gretzky. house. Gretzky, yeah, something. something like that. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Hey, there's nothing hey. wrong with that. <laughs> I'm a big video game guy as well. So no, that's a good thing. Heather, you're not a Cowboys fan, are you? So like when there's a football game on. I asked what color when I'm there's a for. Yeah, I was gonna say as soon as you started the answer with when there is a football game on, I kinda knew <laughs> I kinda knew where where the rest of this answer was going. <laughs> All you need to know, Miss Heather and Miss Liddy, I don't want to leave you out of this. because uh, I know you guys got Canadian football, but let's just say you're watching American football, either one of you at any time. All you need to know is root for whoever's playing against Dallas. And that's all you need to know. Thank you. <laughs> so you're an ass. I am. Anyway. I am. But that's that's what makes me lovable. So my husband's not into sports, and he has like these canned responses that can be said to anything, any sports game. Like, oh, what a ludicrous display! Like he just has like these really s- stupid canned responses, so he doesn't I sound like it, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Where, where's the flag uh yeah. this is baseball oh no 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 yeah yeah i'm at foul yeah there you go see it all work yeah. it all works out no there's sports i don't like so i mean i get that i just there's sports i really like and you guys are hockey's one of my favorite and football's one of my favorite i'm like this is win-win right down the middle ladies that's <laughs> perfect answers there you go my husband as long watches- as you don't root for dallas that's all i need to know. Sports. i live in dallas so i should oh god my husband will literally watch esports, which is like Are we watch video. Rocket League. Yeah, he watched. He used to watch a lot of StarCraft on like Day Nine Daily or whatever. He used to watch that all the time. And then, um, okay, there's a couple other video games he'd watch. Uh, what's that card game that Blizzard did? Hearthstone. He'd watch that, and like he watched it a lot. Well, I was say if it was Rocket League, I've probably he's probably watched Rocket League too. At some point, so. That's and probably... uh, Overwatch. He's watched a lot of Overwatch competitions online. I was never much of an Overwatch player, but I know that's a big competition sport. Like, uh, there is a video game called League of Legends. They just did a whole documentary on it on Netflix. 
and I've never played it, but just watching that, I was like, Ooh, maybe I need to pay attention to one of these things. Like they're filling stadiums yeah. of people. It's crazy. Obviously pre COVID, but they were filling yeah. stadiums of people to watch. And like the top players make as much as any athlete. Well, Ben, so tonight's episode's yeah. on esports. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Yeah. These these kids are like fifteen getting like free Teslas and making half a million dollars. I, I mean, just salary, not including sponsorships. I'm like, yeah. my goodness. So while other parents were always telling their kids, don't play video games, I'm literally punishing my son by making him play more video games. Like, there you go. You got to make daddy money. So yeah, there you work. go. You're horrible. There you go. Get it in. I am horrible. I know. I'm sorry. Tom, are you ready for your story that you may have missed? And the audience is going to think that I somehow knew we were going to talk about esports and stuff, but I did not. Well, you know, Ben and Miss Heather and Miss Lydia can actually attest to this. We didn't talk about any of this prior to going on the air. Like I I prefer him to just shock me with what's going on when we get on the air. So yeah, I'm ready, Ben. All right, Tom. So we are going to discuss the story do M Health apps protect user privacy. According to Statista data Apple App Store carries about 2.2 million apps for iPhone users. Google's Google Play Store offers about 3.4 million apps. And approximately 100,000 of those are considered medical health or fitness apps, and those are referred to as the M-Health or mobile health apps. Uh, So while users may assume that these apps protect the privacy of their sensitive health data, the study finds that 88% of these apps sold on Google Play Store are designed to harvest user information. Where that information is going, Google was the recipient of 34% of the transmitted personal data, followed most closely by Facebook with 14%. And then it also notes that of 55% of the data collecting apps met the standards set forth in their privacy policies and not necessarily always HIPAA compliant. So the editors of this article are quoted as saying, we must advocate for greater scrutiny, regulation, and accountability on the part of key players behind the scenes, the app stores, digital advertisers, and data brokers to address whether this data should exist and how they should be used to ensure accountability for harms that arise. Tom, do you use any M-Health apps? And if you do, what are your thoughts? Well, I do use at least one that is on my phone. It's more for tracking statistics than it is for creating data or anything else like that. So there's good and there's bad to that. I've actually heard of something like this before. The United States military actually banned um, some units going overseas with fitness trackers, such as Fitbit or something like that, or any other equipment for that exact same reason. We could literally track where these guys were at in country through certain means if they were wearing certain equipment like Fitbit, Apple Watch, stuff like that. So, yeah, I've actually heard of something like this. And I'm also not shocked at all that companies such as Google or Facebook are the ones profiting from this, because I think we've talked about this before. You know, people are worried about the government tracking you and you could say yes or no or whatever to that. But in honesty, Samsung, Facebook, Google, Amazon, those are the ones that are breaching your privacy. Those are the ones that are really tracking you. Yeah. So you can worry about FBI agents, you know, all you want, but they probably aren't listening to you, nor do they care. But guess who does? The people selling you stuff. So yeah. they are going to legally or illegally get information and use it against you. And I shouldn't say against you in some bad way, like not the 
Jeff Bezos isn't going to blackmail me anytime soon, but I'm sure Amazon pays attention to everything I do or buy and has like a little Tom database on there where they can track all that stuff. So Miss Heather, Miss Lydia, you have any thoughts? You know, when I've seen the anti-vaxxers, you know, get terrified that the government is tracking them. My first thought is like, why, why, why would the government track you? Like, why would they care? What is it about you that the government is obsessed with? Um, and then my second thought is they're typing their opinions about the sphere out on their smartphone. And I just, <laughs> that's, yep. I can't after that. It's just too much. Well, even with the, the theory that they're putting a tracking chip, you know, in, in your arm with the new vaccine, I'm like, why, why would they need to waste their time doing that? You carry a phone with you everywhere you go. You literally tell everyone where you are at every given moment. Like, they don't need to track you in your arm. Like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And as you're talking about the fit, the the Fitbit, I'm like, yeah, my Fitbit knows everything about me. <laughs> it's freaky. <laughs> and not only does it know everything about you, but like, I know there are different models, and like some of them now can read your text to you, or like they know, like, oh, you have a text. So now they even have that access. So they track where yeah. you're at, what you're doing, who you're around, oh, who you're talking to now. And so again just like you ladies just said it and it's something Ben and I have said before is why would the government need to go through all the trouble of inventing nano processors and liquid construction of pro of these chips to track you when you literally have a GPS, a video and microphone system that you take with you everywhere and then you feed it information like all those people that are like oh your you know your actor name is really the name of your first car and your pet's name i'm like you know oh, you're just yeah. giving people your right. just yeah. information over and over it's and over fishing. stop yeah. doing that and so. people voluntarily give the information up like it's not like people are not talking about themselves on social media it's well, and again, that's that becomes another counterattack is when someone's saying, well, they're out to get me. I'm like, well, what are they needing to find that you haven't given them? Like, why are you worried about it if they take the stuff you gave them freely? I, I never understood. Like, if someone breaks into your house and takes it, like, obviously. But when I go on Facebook and I say, I love my wife and I tell them her name, where she's at, where we're going to dinner, what we're doing. And then people are like, well, they're they're invading my privacy. No, I'm making my privacy public. Like, that's yeah. not the same thing. So, right. And I wasn't overly surprised personally that Facebook had about 14% of that data. Yeah, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the movie on Netflix, A Social Dilemma, uh, where it actually talks about that. But one of the lines in that movie that is just resonates with me is, you know, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and you're not paying for that service. You're not the consumer. You're the product. And so, you know, it talks about how every video that you watch, everything that you do on Facebook, it tracks how long you're looking at that. And it helps them to later direct more ads back at you because again, you're becoming the product that they're selling. But I think on some level, your phone also hears what you say. Because like there's certain ads I get where I'm like, I didn't even search that in. I just mentioned something today. And then I'll like a, one example was 
I started getting ads for jalapeno popper recipes because I was like, I told my husband, I'm like, I should make jalapeno poppers one of these days. And I started getting all of those like tasty videos, you know, where they show really quickly how to make stuff. And I was like, that is too freaky. Mm -hmm. And then I had my phone with me at work and we were promoting a new beer and I, I didn't look up the beer or anything and i started getting all these ads because we were talking about the new beer we were promoting. i started getting all these ads for the beer we were promoting on my phone i'm like how is this happening and like i've had so many coincidences like that and i found i, I found an article that says it's not listening to you in the way you think it it's listening but it's like listening for like keywords so your phone does on some level hear everything you say so real quick before we move on, first of all, Tasty does have some great videos. I got some mozzarella oh, yeah. stuffed meatball recipes off there that are just fantastic. So that's not all bad. Okay. But how does it know? But, <laughs> but no, the same thing happened at work the other day. Somebody was asking me, well, just like you said, passive, passive listening. Just like yeah. I'm not going to say the operating system of my phone, but if I said, hey, yeah. it would click on. That's not an action. Yeah. You know, it no. is always listening. So just like you said, it by no means is it possibly recording a conversation. I guess it's possible. But more likely is that it's listening for targeted sponsorship words. Like, let's say somebody wants to talk about, well, OK, jalapeno poppers. So anytime the, the word jalapeno popper, cheese, cream cheese, like certain combination of words are said, it now tracks and says, Lydia talked about this today at three o'clock. And that's when you're going to start getting it. So, you know, I had the same thing at work the other day with running shoes. We were talking about certain running shoes. Suddenly everyone's phone started busting up with Brooks or Nike running shoes. Like it's not, it's not a coincidence. And I used to be freaked out at first, but now I think we've just accepted it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's a secret. I think we all know what's going on. So it depends. It depends on our societies deciding what we're okay with. So, yeah. Like, I know it's not so, it's not two dudes like writing down everything I say for sure. Like, some people think, <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. you know, there, it like, might be. I don't know. There's yeah. not two keyboard elves like quick typing out everything yeah. we say. <laughs> like, oh God, they love EO fudge cookies. Put it back on the list. <laughs> so, so, Ben, is it is it time for your favorite part of the show? It is. Yeah. And it's kind of funny that we were talking about. Uh, you know, the social dilemma stuff. And now I'm going to plug all of our social media stuff. So see, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Thinking. Mm, yeah. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at just some podcast. Our website's www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email, if you want to reach out to us, admin at justsomepodcast.com. Tom, if they want to help us out, what else could they do? Well, apparently they could just talk into their phone and then, uh, buy we need to stuff. Figure out how we can become targeted advertising. We need to, <laughs> Yeah. We need to call. Well, realistically, what they need to do first is go to our page, scroll down to just about the bottom. They'll see the Amazon affiliate link. Click on that and then talk into your phone. Whatever pops up in your cart, buy that. We get some proceeds from it. Does it cost you anything extra? You won't even know we were there. Much like the secret government office person that's listening to all your hearts and desires. And then, you know, it helps out the show. We love it. So Miss Heather, Miss Lydia. Would you guys like to plug anything social media wise? Yeah. So our Facebook page is Back to the Facts. Our actual name is Back to the Vax, V-A-X. Our website is www.backtothevax.com. 
and we will make sure that we drop your guys' uh, links down in the show notes below so that everybody can find you. Tom, let's take a short break, listen to our advertisers. Click on that link, too. That's another way you can help us out. And then on the other side, we'll be back talking more with Lydia and Heather about being back to the Vax. So. Are you lacking financial direction or need a second opinion? If so, MyNP Advisor is a virtual financial planning practice that focuses on working with nurse practitioners, and they've developed a unique process that evaluates five key areas of your financial life. They call it the Check My Vitals procedure, and for $500, it addresses some of your biggest financial concerns, like, am I saving enough to maintain my lifestyle in retirement? Is my family protected from a catastrophe? Do my investments match my tolerance for risk? Listen, if you have more questions than answers, then you're probably due for a checkup. So click on the link in the show notes to learn more about the five benefits of checking your vitals. And if you're ready to move forward, you can even schedule your appointment directly from that link. Yeah, the link is down in the show notes. It's a great place to start. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRC SPIC. Additional advisory services offered through Premier Financial Partners LLC, neither Royal Alliance, YMP Advisor, Primary Financial Partner, Justin Podcast, or any other guest or affiliate. All right, so ladies, I don't even know how I happened upon your page, but I did, and I was uh, excited to see this, and then I immediately thought that this would be a good story for our show. So can you kind of kind of give us the premise behind, I mean, obviously with, um, I would assume that the people who are listening can figure out that with it being back to the backs, kind of what it's about, but can you kind of fill us in a little bit on transition and then we'll kind of go back and talk more where you were at and, and where you're at now. I was an anti-vaxxer for over a decade. I worked as quality control chemist for a pharmaceutical company and I started out as a very pro-vax, pro-science person. I got a flu shot while I was pregnant. I went to all my prenatal appointments and I fully planned to vaccinate my children. When I had my daughter, I had a C-section that I felt a little pressured into. And when I was struggling with breastfeeding, I asked my doctor for help and he didn't really give me much help other than like, don't be so brokenhearted if it doesn't work out, there's formula. And so I went on online forums to ask other moms for help. And one of the forums I had found was mothering and Mothering is a very crunchy, hippie forum that they have like a whole entire section of their forum devoted to anti-vax and delayed vax rhetoric. And when I asked for breastfeeding help, the, the women were very helpful and I was able to continue breastfeeding my daughter. I didn't really pay much attention to the vaccine stuff because I had, like I said, planned to vaccinate my child. It wasn't until I took her in for her two-month appointment that I started questioning vaccines because she had a very bad reaction or what I perceived to be a very bad, scary reaction. She had a long protracted high-pitched cry. She wouldn't breastfeed. She wouldn't look at me. She would sleep these like deep sleeps in between the crying and it scared me. And when I called the health nurse, she kind of blew me off. She had said like, that sounds pretty normal to me. It's you know, I know it's scary. You're just a first time mom and, and this is going to pass. But if you're really worried, you can take her to the emergency room. And I kind of felt silly, embarrassed, but also still worried and didn't feel like I had my questions answered. So I went to the forum and I, 
I told them what happened and I was informed, <laughs> you know, they told me like it says in the inserts that your kid has a high pitched cry. They should never be vaccinated with DTAP again. Your daughter probably had cryencephalitis or DTAP cry where her brain was swelling and she was in immense pain. And that's why she reacted the way she did. And so I believed them. I mean, they showed me enough stuff to scare the pants off me, you know, like I just couldn't continue at least at that point vaccinating with a DTAP. Uh, at her four month shot, I did Prevnar and, and we do men, it's called Mencon C. It's, it's a conjugate meningitis vaccine for infants. I did those two and she had virtually no reaction to those, but I kept reading on the forums and getting this curated information on vaccines that I just eventually stopped vaccinating altogether. And it just became like a cheat code to prevent every single illness, condition, ADD, autism, you know, everything. It just became this cheat code to prevent anything wrong from ever happening to my child. And I continued that way, had two more kids. They were completely unvaccinated. And then COVID kind of made me reconsider everything. So that's how I became an anti-vaxxer. And then that's how I kind of came out of it. Uh, People started getting all weird with the toilet paper and, you know, stockpiling food and rationing milk. And I was like, okay, well, maybe some bad things are coming our way and I should reconsider vaccinating because we might lose like infrastructure and healthcare and who knows what. So I just started reading and I found one trope I really believed in. It was disproved and that was the blood brain barrier trope. I thought that it happened at a certain age and I was trying to find the age that it happened. And to my surprise, there was no research on that and babies are born with an intact blood brain barrier. And so I thought if I was wrong about that, I could be wrong about everything. And that's how I came out. Hmm. Just in listening to that, and it may not have been intentional on their part, but I mean, it, it sounds very predatory. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, in that you were, a, you know, a first time mom, you were freaked out, rightfully so, and you were kind of blown off by the health nurse. And so you reached out and then it's it's amazing how quickly you, they were able to convince you, I guess. Yeah. Like I'm not illiterate when it comes to science, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say a chemist usually aren't illiterate when it comes to science, so... So, Heather, what about you? Yeah, so I grew up vaccinated, and I got shots in my 20s. I'm 30 now. I stumbled across a nine-hour docu-series on Facebook when we were starting to look at having a family, and it was all about vaccines and how they're bad, and I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to be a mom soon. I should just get the other side of the story because it's my job to know everything there is to know about parenting. So me and my husband watched it. We watched all nine hours and it was just a bunch of doctors blaming everything under the sun on vaccines, like, like everything, allergies, cancer, ADHD. I mean, oh my gosh, probably sneezing even on, on vaccines, everything. And so by the time I was done watching that, I was horrified because one of my biggest fears was SIDS and they, they basically said SIDS is exclusively caused by vaccines. 
And so kind of like Lydia said, I was like, oh, wow, I can kind of play God and avoid all trauma and illnesses if we just don't vaccinate her. And so we didn't. I mean, she got the vitamin K shot, which is not a vaccine, but um, about a year and a half after she was born, um, I started posting about it online and I found this huge community of anti-vaxxers. And I was living out in West Texas. My husband was working a ton of hours. I didn't have like any family close by. So they were kind of like this big support system. And they were kind of weird. A lot of them believed the earth was flat and that we didn't land on the moon and all this stuff. But I was kind of overlooking that because I was like, this is cool. I have a community of mom friends. And so I just kind of dove into that and I kind of grew this following. And I had all these people make hate pages about me. It just kind of became its own life. I dressed up as the measles, which went viral for Halloween in 2019, because I said it was the least scary thing I could think of, which is horrible. I think the month after that was the measles outbreak, and I just felt terrible. But a few months later, I kind of was starting to rethink everything, and I was just like, you know what? These people are really extreme. Like, I still give my kid Tylenol. I still give my kid Motrin. You know, we still do antibiotics. I don't think... I am the same as these thousands of people. And so I kind of posted something. I said, you know, I'm not a fan of vaccines, but I don't think it's fair to say that one vaccine hasn't saved one life. And, you know, public schools, they're their own entity. I think they should be allowed to decide if they want to require vaccines and your kids don't have to go to that school. And I know you pay taxes towards schools and just like you pay taxes towards roads, but you don't get to decide on the roads. So you don't get to make the rules for the schools. You just don't have to send your kids there. And that was obviously met with a ton of hate. And I'm talking like thousands of people hated me. And so I was kind of horrified. I was like, wow, I can't even have a moderate opinion. They were really upset that I said one vaccine had saved one life. They were very upset by that. And so I was like outcasted by the group and that led me to start kind of reading real science and talking to real scientists and real doctors and not that the anti-vax doctors are not real doctors, but science-based doctors, I started listening to those. And by the time this past January came around, I was talking to my friend who really had helped me become pro-vax by just listening to me and talking to me and things like that. And she said, I really think you're pro-vax. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still hesitant about certain vaccines like the Gardasil vaccine. And she's like, yeah, but you believe in vaccines for everything else. Like you believe in vaccines, you're pro-vax. And I was like, oh, wow. And then I kind of came out with it and that just kind of took off all on its own. And that, and I just kept reading more and more and more and becoming more and more confident in it. And so I got my COVID shot. We started vaccinating my daughter. Nothing happened. And yeah, so Lydia reached out to me and told me she just got her kids up to date. Let's let's try to make this a thing to try to help other moms escape the cult, which it is a cult. I stand by that. (laughs) And that's how Back to the Vex took off. Well, first of all, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show because Obviously, you guys talk about it all the time, but it's important for people that may be on the fence or maybe feel like you were just describing. Like, I feel like I couldn't do anything else or I had all this pressure. It's good for as many people as possible to hear 
someone say, hey, I've seen both sides of the fence. And also, I wanted to say a big thank you for not just getting vaxxed. Obviously, Ben and I are pro-vax. But it has been my experience that most people that are anti-vax are just anti-vax. That's all they want to be. They don't want to hear anything else. It doesn't matter what evidence or information you give them. They will always find some little, some piece of information that they will contribute and say, this means I shouldn't be anything. And for two people to come out and say, hey, look, I was anti-vax. I kept an open mind. I actually read through some information. That's what led me to a different decision is to me as important as the vaccines for someone to say, hey, it is possible you need to take a look at all what the science really is saying is incredibly powerful. And I think more so than possibly we can even guess. I mean, for people out there that are anti-vax to hear this is going to be very, very important. So I really want to thank both of you for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. And that's our goal. I mean, if we can help parents to come out of that fear-based mind. The anti-vaxxers don't think we're anti-vax. Like we're, we weren't severe enough to be anti-vax to them. I think that's why we think it's kind of a cult. It's like when anyone leaves a cult, they're like, you were never really one of us, you know, <laughs> like just to kind of disparage us and make sure nobody else takes the time to listen to what we have to say. Yeah, it is very cult-like. I believe that as well. And I have seen, just in the stuff that you guys have posted on your page, you get an intense amount of the just vehement hate from people because you're speaking out against their core belief. I mean, it, you know, you talk about it being a, a cult. I'm not a Scientologist. I've never been a Scientologist. I don't know anybody that's in Scientology, but I mean, it sounds very similar to that as far as, you know, once you say you're not an anti-vaxxer anymore, you are just, you know, you're shunned completely and you're worthless and horrible. And I mean, it's just horrible to see the stuff that is posted it's kind of funny sometimes too. <laughs> like I had this weird conspiracy theory made up about me. They like assigned me a code name and I work with the Russians along with the CDC. And like, it was this really elaborate story that they made up about me. And I couldn't have even made it up myself. It was so off the wall and, and like wacky. And I laughed at the guy until he said that he had called social services on me because I posted a picture. My toddler was like in the emergency room with a, he broke his collarbone while sledding and I had to take him in and he had a little mask on and I had a mask on and he was behaving himself. And I was, I posted, I was like, he's two and he gets it, you know? <laughs> and uh, he had said I was abusing my child. And then he had said that he had reported me to social services and then it wasn't funny anymore. I just had to block him and whatever, but yeah, wow. they're real. Some of them are really, they're wearing a mask. So yeah, it's it's the stories they tell about us. They're kind of sometimes they're funny, but sometimes they're scary. Honestly, the the fear mongering that they again to me that's a, that's an indication that inherently they know something's wrong with with their point of view because the only way to keep people in line or agreeing with them or to try and stop people from arguing with them is to use fear because. I have probably said some very mean things. <laughs> I shouldn't say probably. I'm sure I've said some mean things about some about anti-vaxxers. But honestly, if an anti-vaxxer wanted to come on the show and talk to us and have a legitimate conversation, I would be let's do it. Like let's let's have this conversation. Like let's let's really throw it out there. And I have found 
when someone is not willing to have that conversation, then that's when you know that's the flaw in their their logic is that they don't want facts. They don't want legitimate arguments. They don't want evidence. They just want you to agree with them. Yeah. And anything you do that does not agree with them is a threat. They want to hold that idea that they can protect their children from everything is so appealing that they'll do anything to protect that. And I can admit as a former anti-vaxxer that I've had some pretty ableist, horrible, disgusting thoughts that didn't change until I came around. Like this idea that vaccinated children, especially autistic vaccinated children are basically injured and damaged. I legitimately thought that. I had really horrible, horrible ideas of what autism was. And I'm so glad I came around on vaccines because it also helped me understand that my own son is autistic. And I either would have spent our lives denying that or done whatever kooky thing to try to cure the damage of however he got damaged. So for me, it's been nothing but miraculous that I decided to pull my head out of my ass and get my son assessed and go through evidence-based therapy and he is thriving and he is doing beautifully. And so like, I'm just so grateful that I was able to see the light and I've made sure to apologize to the autistic community over and over because I feel so ashamed of how I saw autism before I changed my mind on vaccination. Wow. Again, this is one of those positive lights of keeping your, truly keeping your mind open. People say all the time that I have an open mind, but they don't, <laughs> but <laughs> they don't, they just don't. No, I mean, yeah, that's, I that's it. Uh, I mean, but Miss Lydia hit the nail on the head and she is saying like, look how much better things have gotten since she was able to keep that open mind. And I just, this is the message I hope everyone gets out regardless. I mean, I want everybody to get vaccinated, but really regardless, it is the message I want to be tonight is really look at the data. And Ben has said this many times on the show. If you go to antivax.com, don't expect to find any studies substantiating the safety of vaccinations like it's it yeah. if you keep going to the same place you know that's right. what you're going to find you're going to find what is being given to you so for people to learn how to really investigate and interrogate the information on their own if we don't do anything else i hope we get that out you know, it was very, it was like an eye-opening moment for me when I realized I was kind of having to shut my eyes on obvious things to stay an anti-vaxxer mm -hmm. because I would look at all of my friends whose kids were getting vaccinated and all of their kids were always fine. I mean, everyone that I, I would know was fine. And then only online in this anti-vax world, I saw all these quote-unquote vaccine injuries. And when I started looking into them, they're like, yeah, a few months after my kid got a vaccine, they started developing autistic tendencies. And I'm like, but how do you, what? Like, I just couldn't get there. And there's a story about a girl who co-slept with her baby when she was drunk or tipsy or whatnot. And she died of SIDS overnight. And then the autopsy showed suffocation. But she said that because the baby had the vaccines three days later, it was from the vaccines. And I always 
I wanted to support her because I thought she was so sweet and I thought that was such a tragedy and it is such a tragedy. But the whole year after that, it just, it was like I was forcing myself to believe that, but it just did not make sense. Nothing like so many of these stories were not clicking logically with me. And I I was at, at some point I felt myself having to just push forward and ignore what I was starting to realize was not true. It was hard. (laughs) I get called a liar all the time. My son was unvaccinated and he's autistic. And they'll tell me like, it must've been what you ate while you were pregnant or you didn't eat organic enough or you were exposed to other talk. Like they can't accept that my son was born autistic, even though I ate organic and meditated and did yoga and did all this crunchy stuff perfectly. I had a natural birth and they can't accept that my son just has autism. And they'll even like go through mental gymnastics to um, say that it's the vaccines I got. My vaccines I got as a child made my son have autism. Like it just, it's always the vaccines with them. It, It can never be anything else. Real quick, Ben, before, because I know where you're going to go, so I want you to go there. But she just said something that made me think. So, because you said a lot of these same people, by the way, Miss Lydia, you keep using the word crunchy, and now I'm going to be using that constantly, just so you know. <laughs> so I just like, I'm like, oh, that's a perfect adjective for this. Because you said that these people seem to f- tend to fall in the same groups, like flat earthers. There is a great documentary on Netflix, and I want to say it's Behind the Curve. It's either beyond the curve or behind the curve. Either way, the point of this is that if you watch it, you can literally see what Miss Miss Heather and Miss Lydia have been talking about. These people are convincing themselves that their world is flat in this documentary. And even though they do experiment after experiment that keeps proving that their world is round and rotating, they keep saying, oh, well, it must have been interference. Oh, something must have something must have triggered this mechanism. Oh, well, there's this is what the problem is. It's never that they're wrong. (laughs) It's always that something else is wrong and it affected their study. So even though they they spent tens of thousands of dollars on like laser ring gyroscopes and all this other stuff to prove how the world is flat, the conclusion was always it's not. And even though they had all the evidence in the world hitting them literally in the face they just kept making excuses so that they could perpetuate this, you know, the world is flat. And that sounds exactly what, what you're saying with the anti-vax movement, which is no matter what you do. And I, and that's what I was hinting at earlier, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, they will put something in place to justify or make the conclusion come out the way they want it. And it doesn't matter how much proof there is showing it's false. Mm-hmm. That's the narrative that they're going to rely on. And so when you said that, it just clicked in my head. I was like, I saw this movie. It was for a different subject, but it was the same result. You know, they they had just convinced themselves this is how it is. I saw it too. And when I watched it, and I here's what I, I was an anti-vaxxer when I watched it. And I just thought to myself afterwards, like they're, they're just making these flat earthers 
Like it's a psyop to make anti-vaxxers look stupid. They're just trying to lump us in with all of these people that believe these crazy things to make us look like that's what I legitimately believed after I watched that show. And I'm really embarrassed about that. But yeah, it's you really do jump through all kinds of mental hoops to hold on to the belief. Well, and I want to give. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm going to give it back to you. Just let me, but they, the editors, well, I shouldn't say just the editors, the people that the people that made that documentary really went out of their way to just let the people talk. Right. Because and, and well, and so they proved their own point by letting them. Uh-huh. OK, tell me how the world's flat. And then all of a sudden they'd say something. They'd be like, well, what I meant was and then they'd come back and they'd be like, oh, what I really meant. And I'm like, so it was a great point that the director and the editors of the movie did is they didn't have to do anything foolish to make the flat earthers look foolish. They literally just let them talk and it it just kept, but at the same time, you can see the mental for lack of a better term, psychosis that miss Lydia is talking about that. These people are like, Oh, Nope. The government is the one editing this video so that it looks like that. I'm like, the guy said he couldn't find the start button and the camera literally pans down at the start button, you know, but he, but he knows how the world's flat, but he couldn't operate something with a start button, you know, (laughs) I'm just like that. That's not really the government tricking you. That's just them being them. So anyways, I'm sorry, (laughs) Ben, Ben has a very cogent point and I want him to get to it because I have been interrupting him for like 10 minutes now. I don't know if it's a cogent point, but since okay, it's, then it's not directed at <laughs> healthcare professionals like nurse practitioners and PAs, um, we have the physicians and of course everybody else that, that listens. From our standpoint, if you have someone who is vaccine hesitant or Lydia had talked about earlier, you know, she called in and after there were some concerns with uh, her daughter's vaccines and it was kind of felt like she was blown off. What are some things that we can do from your perspective to prevent that slippery slope from from even starting? I think there's a hesitation. I think that doctors are afraid to breathe life into myth if they address an anti-vaxxer or even just a worried parent's concern. So I think their knee-jerk reaction is to like just quickly dismiss it and hope it goes away. And it doesn't work. You have to comb through it and help them come to the conclusion and also acknowledge that they're fears and what their child is going through at the time is worth looking into. I think had the nurse say, you know, like, I I understand you're scared. Please bring her in tomorrow morning. Bring her in. I'll, I'll have a look at her with you and we'll go through it. And if you have any questions, you know, bring them with you. We'll talk together. It wasn't like that. It was, like I said, like they're afraid to breathe any sort of credence or life into your fears. So they feel like if they just dismiss them they'll go away and and they don't and then people end up looking for answers on their own and that's what you don't want right when a doctor dismisses you or just kind of you know shuts you down then you're gonna go looking for answers somewhere else and that's when you go to facebook and you meet the world of the anti-vaxxers but had a doctor sat down with me and said hey like what are your actual fears well my fear is that the aluminum will cross the blood-brain barrier okay well this is why it doesn't okay well my fear is the polysorbate 80 well this is why that's not a big deal and I, and I understand that doctors have limited time but this is a huge issue and by just saying well vaccines are safe and effective 
I mean, that just doesn't do it. And I'm sorry it doesn't, but they're going to go home and Google and you lost them at that point. It's worth it to take the time because they will get their answers and you're going to want them to get their answers from you. Because once you crush that trust, they're going to trust the people on the internet. I was going to say, I know my nurse for sure hated when the COVID-19 vaccine first started coming out because if somebody had any questions, I would stay at length to discuss it because Ben and I had been researching it for this show. So like it, it was a topic I had dived into and I would stay in there for very long periods of time if necessary to explain or trying to assuage their fears. And so you're kind of making me feel a lot better about myself right now because I was like, hey, I try and talk to people when they have questions about awesome. that stuff. And so it, it makes it like I would even the tissue paper that goes over the beds. I'd grab a pen, diagram out like a, what a virus looks like, what the how the COVID-19 virus That's amazing. You know, vaccine works and try and answer all their questions. But it, it's not amazing when your nurse, Courtney, is <laughs> yelling at you <laughs> to to go see your your other patient. I mean, it is and it isn't. So it, it was worth it. I guess my next question is, besides answering questions, though, is there anything else that you guys could imagine that would help? Like, is there a type of information? Like, I guess I don't know exactly what I'm trying to get at, but is there anything else that you think would have helped besides just answering some questions? Like, is there a resource that you think is trustable that people that are on the fence would trust? I mean, because, like, the Internet has got lots of great information. I love Vaxipedia. Vaxipedia concisely and clearly cuts apart every single anti-vax trope with full references to each study that proves them wrong. When I changed my mind, I spent hours and hours on Vaxipedia. Like, but what about this? What about this fear I had? And I would go through and I was arguing with an anti-vaxxer once about it. And he's like, that's just Snopes for vaccines. I'm like, yeah. It's Snopes for vaccines. Like, like that's not an insult. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. But he, he said it was like it, like it was an insult. But again, that's that's the point is he didn't want the actual information. And if he says Snopes is bad, then you believing in Snopes makes you bad. So then he wins both ways. Like that's that's yeah. the only counter argument is to discredit you because they can't discredit the information. And for our listeners out there, if you're interested in giving that to your patients or looking at yourself, that is going to be V-A-X-O-P-E-D-I-A.org. Thank you. Cause I was about to start Googling it right as we got off the show. <laughs> like I've never heard of that, but I want to know about it. Vince is the author and he's written hundreds and hundreds of articles. It's just, it's such a good resource. Well, Ladies, we really appreciate you guys coming on and, and visiting with us. I'd like to take a few more minutes of your time so that we can do our final segment that we do with all of our guests, which is a segment we call Five Questions. Ooh. Yeah. You're going to say that when you're done, too. So. <laughs> Join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guest as we ask five, 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 five questions. So basically what happens is we ask the exact same five questions to all of our guests. And what this does is it just kind of gives us a little bit of a view onto your inner psyche. It's meant to be fun. And I ask the questions and then Tom kind of picks apart your answers. 
So sounds good. I was just going to make a suggestion since we're having some lag issues with Miss Lydia. How about this? Ben asks, asks the questions. Miss Heather answers. Miss Lydia, when you hear Heather done answering, then you answer, and then I'll make fun of both your guys' answers. Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. It's not bad make fun of, by the way. It's just <laughs> cheeky, non-crunchy. I don't Or maybe crunchy? Crunchy, like <laughs> making fun of it. Yeah. It's just fun. <laughs> And we're going to alter them just a little bit, but we can we can do that. So, question one, Heather, what is your favorite word? Um, so this is weird, but I think in England they pronounce aluminum aluminium, and it makes me really happy. I don't like the word aluminum, but I like how they say it. All right. My dad says it like that too, <laughs> but in like a heavy Serbian accent, aluminium. <laughs> I like the word. Off the top of my head, I like pragmatism. I like pragmatist. I like saying that because a lot of people look at you a little confused when you say you're trying to be a more pragmatic. Heather's shaking her head. <laughs> no. Tom, what do you got for that? Yeah. So, oh, okay. So first of all, I actually, this is the first time that someone said, um, I just like how a word's pronounced. So I wasn't really sure how I was going to attack this right off the bat. <laughs> so do you like to say herb as well uh, instead of herb, anything like that? I like to say herb because I've said it the wrong way my whole life. And that's just how I do it. Not <laughs> and do you call, do you call gasoline Petro by any means or anything else like that? No, no. Okay. I, I, I have a friend from from England, and I will have him give you a call sometime about some other funny words if you want. Like oregano is another one instead of oregano. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. those crazy English guys thinking they know how to speak English better than us Americans. I don't like it. So, but just to let everybody, because is it Oregon or Oregon? <laughs> I like Oregon. Oregon. No it Oregon. Yeah. See, see, look at the look at the box of worms you opened, Heather. Just <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah, what have you done? So, and then Miss Lydia took the words out of my mouth because I was like, "How pragmatic of you to like that word!" But then she said it. I was like, "Oh, she kind of ruined my joke." So, yeah, I don't know. And I'm not really shocked that a Canadian wants to be pragmatic. Isn't that what you guys are like known for? So, there you go. <laughs> I find like as an anti-vaxer, you're the opposite of pragmatic. Like, you don't look for like the most simplest, like obvious, <laughs> yeah. you're like, do all these like calculations and you know, that meme with all the numbers floating above the person's head. Like you're just trying to find the most complicated way. Yes. The lady to, she's watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. And so ever since I've changed my, I'm like, I'm an, ex I'm an aspiring pragmatist now. Well, I don't want to make fun of that. That's great. So. I just want to make fun of someone saying <laughs> aluminium. So there you go. So question two, question two. Heather, if you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do, what would it be? I would definitely want to be an emergency medicine doctor. Okay. And I, if I could go all the way back and go back to school, I definitely would have been a midwife or sure. an OB for sure. Because I love all things to do with birth and labor and babies. Okay. Well, first of all, both of those jobs are gross. Okay. I've done, I've done the ER and I've been involved in labor and delivery and both those things are disgusting at their very nature. So, cause you, realistically, if you look at both professions, you're yanking 
things out of people's bodies at That's some true. point. Oh, so, I mean, true. it's uh, and I would like to say it is not too late, ladies. You guys can always go back and travel the road and go down emergency medicine or OBGYN if you want. We I just, about that. yeah, yeah, I could see ER. Okay, I've been an ER nurse, loved it. It is not the greatest for family life. I'll I'll say that being mm-hmm. ER schedule, but no, there's not really a chance in hell of me uh, wanting to volunteer to do OBGYN full time. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-mm, nope. So uh, I I appreciate you, Miss Lydia. It's not possible where I live, so. Well, I, I would say that the world needs people like you that want to go through. <laughs> yes. But it's gross. <laughs> don't do not do it. Don't do not do it. Just bleh. like, oh, God. I mean, <laughs> I desperately. I love it. I can watch it all day. Like, I oh love my, it. Watch it. Oh, God. No, I didn't even <laughs> want to be in the room when it was. My I can, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's gross. It's so it's so cool. No, cool. it's the coolest thing ever. Like, but like, yeah, a lump but, yeah, of something falls out of a person's it's, crotch. It's so cool. that is not <laughs> cool. It bleh. yeah, oh. literally. Oh it's like poop. It's like pooping out of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think I don't think you want to go into midwifery yeah. if it's pooping it out. That's a different part of the body. But if, <laughs> but I just. But it feels like I, that, ma'am. I'm gonna. Have, <laughs> I have three kids. It kind of feels like that. I'm gonna like have that. to go with your expertise <laughs> on that part. I'm just telling you, if at any point in my women's health rotation I said, so then I'm just gonna reach into their butt and pull out the baby, I would have just failed. It's like that's an instant no go. No. So, yeah, no. Just, oh, wow. Just saying. Well, then it just got Question, way less gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Question three. Man, that went off the rails. Wow. Okay. Question three. Now, the first car. Think back to your first car. Was it a stylish ride or a ride you'd want to hide? It was freaking awesome. It was a Honda Civic. And I know. I, it was just sturdy, and I don't have it anymore because I was driving. Nice. I was driving down the road on the highway, and the car opposite side of the highway is driving the other way, and their tire flew off. It flew in the air, bounced across the highway, and landed on top of my windshield and front car and totaled it. And I'm very sad. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I didn't die, but you know. Now, how can you relate that to a vaccine? <laughs> how can you relate that to a vaccine? <laughs> I don't know. The driver was vaccinated. Yeah, vaccinated <laughs> is the Honda Civic. Anti-vax <laughs> is the tire. That's what happened. So. There you go. <laughs> All right, Miss Lydia. Let's see, let's hear about it. I had a 1982 Oldsmobile Omega. That was my first car. And I was 18. And so it was like 1999 when I had that car. Wow. So you got an old Oldsmobile for your first car? Yeah. Yeah, that's not pragmatic at all. The Honda Civic <laughs> is the pragmatic of these two choices right here. You don't you realize you probably should have had a tetanus shot just to get in that car. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was very grateful my parents were on <laughs> Look, board then. <laughs> 
Yeah, and let me be clear. I'm not opposed to any person having any car for your first car. I, I think it's great. Any person will always cherish that first car. Even if it's a lump of shit, they are going to love their first car. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be a lot harder when it's a 17-year-old Oldsmobile. <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot harder yeah. to, to hold on to that hope. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Though, you know, with that all-metal front end, you could really hit things at full speed and not really incur a lot of damage, unlike the tire. A tire wouldn't have taken it yeah. out. Yeah. You know what that tire would have done to that Oldsmobile? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Nothing would have happened to that Oldsmobile. Oh. Question four. If your house was on fire... <laughs> hey, Tom. <laughs> if your house was on fire, everyone, including your pets, are safe. Other than pictures, what's the one thing you want to get out of your house? Okay, so um, I'm an over-preparer, so I actually bought a fireproof waterproof bag with all of our documents and with a hard drive of all of our photos. And I put it by the front door for if our house catches on fire so I could grab it. That's smart. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic, by the way. <laughs> That's very pragmatic. That's very yes. pragmatic. <laughs> Miss Lydia, what would you get? So everyone is safe and my photos Correct. are safe. Well, yeah, sure. We'll just leave it at that. Oh, Did you say photos yeah, or no photos? Yeah, you can't photos? grab your photos. Well, that's an easy yeah. one. That's why we took it away. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I would probably grab my computer. Because how would I entertain myself in the hotel room after my right. house burns that's down? That's a good point. I'd grab my computer. Priorities. <laughs> yes. Insurance will replace everything else. It, this, I didn't realize how common that answer was because that's what everybody said before was their pictures i was literally watching a movie or tv show today or yesterday and they woke up the mom and they're like mom mom she's like it's house of fire grab the pictures i was like what the hell like i can't get away from this answer if you tell someone their house on fire they're like i gotta grab all the pictures and i'm like mm. all right question five last one you have nine dollars and 18 cents in your pocket you're at a convenience store or a gas station. What all do you buy? I get a Three Musketeers bar, a mocha iced frappuccino in a bottle, a bottle of water, and hmm, that's probably that probably maxes out how much I spent. That I'm so boring. Gosh, no, that's, that's no, that, and. Miss Lydia, just to let you know, I did some quick math. Uh, $9.18 US is eleven thirty-six Canadian. So you actually get <laughs> the slight. So you got eleven thirty-six to work with, More just to money. be fair. Yeah. Okay. So I get a bag of Hawkins cheesies, which is a bag of Canadian cheesies that you guys don't have that is delicious. What, hold, hold on. And what's I a get cheesy? A Diet Dr. Pepper. Hold on. What's a, what? what's a cheesy? Let's, you don't know what's what a cheesy is? It's like a cheese puff. Oh, like a Cheeto. Like a Cheeto. Cheesies. No. It's like a cheese puff, like a Cheeto. We just call them cheesies. Yeah, we're having a lot more than lag issues. We're having some communication <laughs> issues, even though you speak, air quote, English. Yeah. Okay, cheesies. That's a that's a hell of a... Okay. All right. So we got, yeah. we got cheesies. <laughs> yeah. And it's a brand. It's a hot. It's called. Well, Hawkins now I'm going to have to order Cheesies. some off of Amazon. 
And then I mm-hmm. would grab a Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, I would get like some gummies, like uh, uh, Swedish berries or wine gums, which I think you guys also Hold don't have. Hold on. Wine gums? <laughs> but I love. And then I would buy a, some scratch tickets. Hold on. Wine gums? Yeah. They're like chewy. They're like candies that, that they don't have alcohol. Oh. Yeah, they're called wine gums. <laughs> you lost they're like, like chewy candies, like a jujube, but like way gotcha. chewier. And they taste kind of like sour. Well, when you said wine, I know. Like a juju, but not a juju. Well, the extent of my Canadian knowledge involves the NHL (laughs) and the movie Strange Brew. So I was really expecting this to be something alcoholic. So I was like, hey, hold on. You put the wine right into the gummy? This is win-win, okay? America is really behind. Oh, and Letter Kenny. The last thing I would buy would be scratch tickets. Because your house Usually I'm at a gas station. I live in the middle of nowhere and we have to drive like to like two hours anytime I leave town. So I like to stock up on stuff. And then I, because my husband always does the driving, I would buy scratch tickets too. And I sit there and I scratch the scratch tickets while he drives. Hmm. I haven't really won more than $20 though. It's going to be like 15 Americans. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. See? Yeah. Everything in the, everything in Canada seems to be winning right now. Like they get more <laughs> money. Yeah. Just, oh. So, yeah. Tom, I looked up these Hawkins cheesies on Amazon. And yeah, how it, much? It went $12. But what? For a three-pack. Okay. But it paired okay. them with, and these are apparently from Canada, from Canada as well, Old Dutch Ketchup Chips. Yes. And can, uh, Canada Candy Coffee Crisp Chocolate Bar. Yes. Yes, those ketchup are all chips. good. Yeah. Ketchup chips are well, good. I, I say I like ketchup and chips, so I can't say anything about that. So let's let's dive into this real quick before we get you off the air. Tell me about the gravy fries. Is this something we should be trying down here in America? Absolutely. Okay, so do, do, in Wisconsin, they actually have cheese curds. They're called there squeakers. You, you know what I'm talking about? The squeakers. They're like cheese, eh. like the cheese curds. <laughs> yeah, they have but, those. I mean, so, yeah, but, but we have Wisconsin. them. But we have those here too. Yeah. And so poutine is like, what it is, is they put the cheese curds on the hot fries and then they pour gravy on top and then you eat that and it is delicious. You can do it with mozzarella, like shredded mozzarella too, but it's not I the same. I don't know. Yeah, but we're talking gravy on fries. I, yeah. I But the I'm, cheese, I'm kind of it's I, the cheese. I don't know. The, the, I, the I, cheese curds. The cheese is the key. It's the cheese is the key. Wisconsin and Minnesota are basically like little Canadian states that have invaded America. So I don't know how much I trust them <laughs> right off the start. And they got that one place in Wisconsin, like the Dells. So they're part yeah. Dutch now. Like, I don't trust anything about this. They're foreigners in America. That's what I say about Wisconsin. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> well, that concludes five questions and a little bit of the. Uh, Canadian food trivia, apparently. If I'm getting some want, Hawkins cheesies. If you want to find us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Justin Podcast websites, www.justinpodcast.com. Admin at justinpodcast.com is our email. Heather, you want to give them your information? Did they want to find you again as well? Yes, you can email us at back to the vax, V-A-X at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, back to the facts with an F, even though we are back to the vax or back to the vax.com. Awesome. Well, that concludes our episode, Tom. It was a good episode. I, I, I felt like we... Uh, I'm hoping that this gets people's attention that it is potentially possible to come back to evidence-based science. There is hope. Yes, there is hope. Oh, 
I thought you were gonna say it is possible to get cheese curds and gravy on fries. It is. And I was like, yeah, cheesies. we established that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cheesy. But no, I. It, but I know I said it during the show. But again, I I can't stress enough how much I hope, if nothing else, people start to look at all the information. I mean, I, again, I'm pro-vax. I hope people get everybody gets vaccinated. But if there's anything ever that you just feel like you're dead set on. Maybe keep an open mind and try to make sure you get all the information on a subject, especially for the healthcare providers listening. You just heard from two patients that possibly would have never even been involved had someone just taken the time to be real, sit down and answer some questions. So take care of your patients. Make sure you keep an open mind. Get all the good information out there. That's what I hope everybody gets from this episode. Your hope isn't misplaced. Heather and I have a small private group. Call, uh, also called Back to the Vax on Facebook. We have about 45 members right now. They're all former anti-vaxxers and we all support each other through our ours and our children's first vaccinations. Um, it's not for medical advice. We just support each other through the anxiety of vaccination because it's, it is leaving a cult essentially. And there's more than typical anxiety, especially those first few vaccinations. Um, even though your oh, yeah. brain knows that's the right thing, your heart is still petrified. No, I, that makes total sense that somebody would know that it's safe, but they're still scared to do it. It's great that someone is there to help them through that, especially someone that's been in their, their shoes. So I can't say enough. You guys keep up the good work and keep doing the, uh, the good fight. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. On that note, wash your damn hands, wear your damn mask, get your damn vaccines. Have a great week. Hey, everybody, stay safe out there. Practice swearing just to pass the time. Lately, I see why I am alone. I caught some road, pretend I thought.